This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. So what's going on, practitioners? How's it practicing? So what are we practicing? Well, what does the title say, Clayton? The rule of life? Rule of life. What, what does that mean? So... I'm so confizzled. So the book that we'll be using to kind of follow along is Ken Shigematsu. And it's called God in My Everything. And basically what the rule of life was... Was it was something that monks did, mm-hmm. and basically, what a rule of life is, and what you're trying to accomplish from a rule of life is you know your life better than anyone, mm-hmm. you know your struggles, you know your triumphs, you know your weaknesses, you know your strengths, you know your schedule, you know the things that are expected of you. You know your life better than anyone. And so what a rule of life does is it sets a rhythm for your spiritual life and checkpoints that you want to mark how you're doing. Huh. And the reason I'm using Ken's book is because he has uh, an analogy in here about a trellis and some other things, and the way it, it kind of all works together is really nice. Is this a book that I need to read? Uh, yeah, every single person that's a Christian should read that book. Okay. But the other thing is Ken breaks his rule of life down not strictly in just things that would be uniquely spiritual, but also into other categories. So his rule, he breaks them down. He's got like five parts. and So he's got Sabbath is one category of your rule of life. Prayer. Scripture reading. Friendship. Sex and spirituality. Mm. Family. Eat, sleep, swim, like taking care of your body, playing, like doing the things you enjoy, money, making a rule for your money. Sounds like a self-care plan. Well, it's similar, but because honestly, your spiritual life is uniquely connected in a very intimate way to your self-care. Sure. If you're not good, most of the time your spiritual life's not good. And vice versa. Yeah, if you are good, most of the time your spiritual life is good. Well, no, no, no. If your spiritual life isn't good, lots of times your Your, emotions aren't good either. But if your spiritual life is good, your other situations in life can be good. Yeah. And what ends up happening for people 
is when one of those goes down, whichever one it is. Whatever's not in balance. The valley that everybody talks about, the spiritual valley, is whenever those things are going in the other directions. Yeah. Either life is going good and spiritual life's going down, or life's going bad and spiritual life's going up. It's like, okay, this is some kind of valley that I've got to trek through. What a rule of life does is it tries to set you up a pattern to live by so that you can be working to keep track of all those things yeah. and ensuring that you're following those rules in order to stay healthy, cared for, and growing spiritually. Yeah. Sorry, I need a sip of my man. Yeah, I want to sip mine too. We haven't had a first yeah. drink yet. Cheers. Cheers. That is probably my favorite cocktail of all time. That's a really good Manhattan, Clayton. I love Manhattans. Thank you. Good job. Carpano Antica is the secret. That's a really good one. So there is something that I want to talk about rule of life. Because we're going to talk about each of these categories. We're going to go, we're going to go through Ken's book. Yeah. It's basically what we're going to do. Because I really do want everybody to read it. And like if if Wellhouse were a traditional church. In the late 90s, early 2000s. We would be doing a book study on that. No, no, no. This would be for sale in our bookstore next to our <laughs> coffee shop. Like, this would be for sale in our bookstore next to our coffee shop. But we're going to go through the whole thing because I do think, like, having a rule of life really did change my life. Yeah. Um, going through life changes, I probably need to rewrite it because my life is very different than the last time I updated it. But there's something I want to talk about, about the rule. A rule of life is not, people get weirded out when we say rule. Yeah. Because it's like, it's this firm, fixed thing that never. Very rigid. Yes. But what do we always say? Never forsake community for the discipline. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Your rule needs to bend with you. Absolutely, it does. We all have things that we do for ourselves that we set ourselves up for failure because we make these grand plans and then we don't do them. Yeah. Like how many times you've seen those TikToks recently uh, or those reels on Instagram and it's like us wanting to go out and so we make plans like 10 days before and then the day comes and we're like, yeah, we don't want to do that anymore. Either that or it's like the, the old school... Um, a New Year's resolution kind yeah, yeah, of yeah. like example. Yeah, it's like we set these rules for ourselves or these expectations upon ourselves and our lives that we don't live up to. We, we never follow through. And then we give ourselves shame because we didn't. Yep. You shouldn't treat your rule that way. No, 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 no. A you're rule, human, you're going to mess it up. The, <laughs> the subtitle of Ken's book is how an ancient rhythm helps busy people enjoy God. And so his whole purpose here is, I've got this underlined in my copy, but he says, a monastic rule of life can help us learn what it means to live so that we are tuned to God in our everything, Mm. a life that does more than pray sporadically but is itself a prayer to God. 
And so what, what Ken is really trying to do here is he's trying to get you to a place where you, hence the title, think about God in your everything. Right. That spiritual life or spirituality is not something sacred and therefore disconnected from our secular. What he's trying to get you to do is think about all of your life as sacred. Mm. And so everything in which you do is sacred. And therefore, you're building this rule of life so that God can be in your everything. Mm. Really helpful way to think about it. Very helpful. And it's published by Zondervan, so like a... A very reputable. Well, reputable and largely conservative publishing house, you know. It's not like it's... <laughs> well, it's not like it's Harper Collins that's no. publishing Bart Ehrman stuff yeah, alongside true. other stuff. I mean, it's crazy. Harper Collins literally put out The Moral Vision of the New Testament, one of my favorite books, but it also publishes all of Bart Ehrman's stuff, who Bart Ehrman's just influential enough that I want to know what he has to say but he's always on the wrong side of stuff. So I always buy his books used because I'm like, I don't want to give you any royalties. So I always wait till they show up in a half price books or something. That's funny. But they're both put out by Harper Collins. Like Harper yeah. Collins is a much more liberal sure. publishing house than Zondervan. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. And so the thing that I appreciate about the rule of life is you really get to sit down and think about what you want your life to look like. Mm. And Ken has an entire chapter in here dedicated to, I think it's called a rule that bends mm. because it's like, what, what happens when we set a new year's resolution for ourselves? You last two months. Well, the minute that you fail, you give oh, you up. Give up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what Ken is doing. He's like a rule that bends, not one that breaks. Cause if you mm. break it, he doesn't want you to go, ah, oh, crap. It's another thing I failed at. I'm going to just throw this in the pile of garbage too. Now you pick it back up and you try again. Yeah, Ken's like, look at it and figure out what broke and let's rewrite the rule. Mm. You know, how different would our lives and society in general be if we looked at rules that didn't work and tried to rewrite them? In all areas of our lives. Yeah. What? What's the definition of insanity? When you try something over, it's very limiting. <laughs> Doing the same thing over and over, and over, and over again, expecting and to get different results. results. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking limiting, about the exact same yeah. thing here. Yeah. And so, like a rule of life. Okay. So I don't have mine in front of me. I probably should have done that. I would have been happy to read it to you all, but. So I'm just going to go through here. Sabbath. Okay, so my rule is that at least one day a week or one period through the week, I'm going to give myself a 10-hour period, where you do consecutive no 10 hours, where I do no work. I didn't say, and, and I wrote mine that way specifically because I didn't want to force myself into having to give up an entire day. Mm-hmm. 
So what I did is I said a 10-hour consecutive period not to include sleep. Yeah. So I could start it at the end of a day and let it carry out through the beginning of the next day, and then I could start working again the next day. So for me, that's my rule for Sabbath. And for you, that works. But it works you're also me. a three because you can't give up 10 hours and be sane like well, where you're not I, asleep. I probably could, but I prefer to do a little bit of work every day. Mm. Um, that's just how I prefer to do it. I don't know why. It almost feel like... You're more productive that way instead of like humping and well, like trying to get I know everything. myself... I'm going to be much, if, if I'm trying to, just for simplicity of math, if I'm trying to get a 35-hour work week, which I work way more than that, but if yeah. I'm trying to get a 35-hour work week, I'm going to do much better working four to five hours a day, seven days a week, than I am going to be working seven-hour days, five days a week. Mm, fair enough. Because the rest of, like, my productivity is going to drop off quite a bit. And so that's just how I prefer to do it. So that's my Sabbath rule. That's what I do. It works for me, and that's what I like. Prayer. We've just finished an entire... Y'all know about my prayer life as much as I know about my prayer life. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> or pick several. Uh, so scripture readings. Mm. I read five days a week a psalm a proverb, and one chapter of something else. So whether it's... Is that a day? You read all that in one day or... Yeah, yeah, one day. So three chapters a day. You say all that. I mean, like literally three chapters of that. I mean, it takes like seven minutes. Well, for some people, that's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm reading a psalm, which is not hard. And if I get to like... Well, if I get to like Psalm 119, Yeah. yeah, I'm not doing all that in one day. Yeah, you split it up by section. Yeah, I'm splitting that up for a while. But like most Psalms are like six or eight verses. Right. Uh, yeah. And then I read a proverb a day. Which is a normal chapter length, 20 or so verses. Yeah, but it's also like they're short, pithy one-liners. Yeah. Is largely what they are. But to fully get as much as you can out of the Proverbs, you really need to sit and ponder those. Yeah, but too. there's only 31 of them. So if you do this every day, you get through it you're going month. through Proverbs every month. Yeah. So like I wouldn't tell people like sit there and grind it out because you're going to come back to it next month and next month and yeah. next month. Like, and yeah, because I'm only doing it five days, I don't catch every proverb every month. Right. So like it because I just do it based on what day of the month it is. Right. So and then I read a chapter. So of something else, whether it's uh, Old, Old Testament, Testament or New Testament, or something. writings, yeah. whatever. Friendship. So I'll be honest, this one's hard for me. It's hard for me too. Um, married, kids, work a lot, Enneagram 3, like friends, and, and most of my friends are pastors. Right. And so it's like we all got church stuff going on all the time. It's really hard to get everybody in a room. So my thing is the the opposite problem. I hang out with my friends, but as I've said on here before, most of my friends aren't Christians, mm. right? I don't have spiritual friendship in yep. the same way. I have two people 
that are outside of our immediate family that I know I could call if I had a spiritual issue. Um, and maybe that's all I need. Yeah. But like spiritual friendship is hard for me. Yeah. I've actually been praying a lot for spiritual friendship lately. Yeah. Well, and that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's something you need what, clearly. Well, that's not the only thing Ken is doing here. Okay. He is like, there is a spiritual piece to the friendship, but for him, it's, it's, it's literally, literally enjoying just, the company of people that enjoy you oh, and okay. you enjoy. So it's he's not just, specifically talking about spiritual friendship. No. Now he does say that they need to be friends that are there to support you along your journey. Right. But just because your journey and their journey aren't the same doesn't mean you can't have people that are supporting you in your own journey. So I have lots of those. Yeah. Right? Like, so yeah. for me, this one's really hard. And so I just recently rewrote this part of my rule, maybe about three months ago. And I just made it a deal. Like once a month, I'm going to go hang out with one friend. Yeah. Like at Good least once a month, I'm going to go hang out with one friend. Like Good a whole night where we're just going to hang out and do drink whatever. beer. Like just do whatever we want to do as friends. Sex and spirituality. That one is uniquely intimate to each individual person. Um, it didn't, I, when I read this book, I remember thinking that chapter was a little disappointing. Mm. Um, because we've said it on this podcast several times that we think sex is an act of worship if done correctly. Yeah. That chapter could have been better. If I had one qualm with this book, the chapter on sex and spirituality as a rule of life could have been better. And, depending on your position and, and your tradition and all these sorts of things that changes. Yep. Right. For sure. Um, so it, it definitely has to be dependent upon the individual. here. Yes. Family ties. We have a lot of family time together and I've yeah. got a lot of my rule written around family as, as far as what it looks like to be there for my kids, uh, wrote this rule and experimenting with, what it looks like to be a good husband and how to invest that time with Hunter and all those kinds of like, all of that is unique to every person, but like you got to have something in there about family. Yeah. Especially me. Cause like when I'm pretty unhealthy, I can work nonstop right. and like not miss a beat. Like I can think I'm in there for 20 minutes and it's been five hours. So, like, the family, the friends, the Sabbath, and the play chapters in this book were really important to me. Yeah. Eat, sleep, and swim. He has a whole deal in here about making a rule of life that also works around taking care of your body. Mm. So, writing a rule for how much sleep you're going to have. Can I see this? Writing a rule for how much sleep you're going to get, what kind of diet you're going to do, how you're going to take care of your body, are you going to exercise, how are you going to exercise, all of these types of things. Hmm. This is modified Maslow. No, not at all. Not at all. Maybe in the way he's breaking down the categories. Right, like, when he's breaking down the, the categories, that's what he's doing. He's hitting maybe. the hierarchy of needs. Maybe. I mean, but there's a lot more in here than just the needs, but. And play. 
So about a year ago, I started playing golf. Really have enjoyed playing golf. It's just something that, you know, I hit like 25 or so. No, I hit like 22 or 23. And like I wasn't in college anymore. And like on a college campus, you can always find a pickup basketball game. Oh, yeah. You can always find some. And then in youth ministry, you can always challenge any kid to anything. Yeah, and they'll be like, oh, right? yeah, I'll beat you. So, but then I got out of youth ministry and. The play got harder. Well, there wasn't anything to do. And there wasn't any competition. There was nothing driving me. There was nothing to get better at or any like that. And so then about a year ago, I found golf and. It's something that I can play for the rest of my life and constantly compete against myself. Yeah. And so for me, I wrote a rule in there about how often I'm going to play golf. Mm. Good for you. Because that's like something that is part of what I felt like I needed in my rule. And then money. I wrote a rule about my money. What I'm going to do with it, how I'm going to spend it, um, percentage-wise, all those types of things. And so that's how I chose to do it. And I also did mine on things that I will do daily. Right. Things I will do weekly. Things I will do monthly. Things I'll do quarterly, biannually, and yearly. <clears throat> that's just how I chose to do it. But a rule of life needs to be very fluid, very flexible, and it needs to be unique to you. You may not, you may, you may spend way too much time with your friends that you don't have time for the other things. Right. So you yeah. need to you write need in balance. your rule how, how much less you're going to hang out with your friends to make margin for these other things. I needed to write it into my life because I never do it if I don't write it in there. Mm -hmm. But for each person, it's going to be different. But, for the next few weeks, we're going to go through and we're going to hit each of these categories in depth in the hopes that we can each write our own rule of life to get to a place where we think about God in our everything. <laughs>